That's right, you are now listening to Tommy Tom's One Mic. Warning, this podcast contains explicit language, triggering or sensitive topics, and controversial discussions. Thank you so much for tuning in to Tommy Tom's One Mic. I'm Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, flip personality, you know it's I. You never see my kind, never seen a fucking sliver or a slice. I'm the butcher choice, nuts know I'm nice. You got beef? I got waggle with a knife. Now I'm gonna be wrapping up bodies up at night. Like Ray Charles, y'all know I'm out of sight. Now I'm gonna be slaying this, cause you know I love the life. Yo, you gotta read between the lines. I'm only gonna be moving when I'm reading through all the signs. Johnny Mnemonic, I got an upgraded mind. This is for the rebels and the revolutionary minds. Cybernetic linguistics, you know I'm on my mind. Prototype the new dimension, man, that shit is mine. Future is creation and creation is sublime. Make your own legend, only happens with time. Let's hit the mic. Hey guys, welcome to Tommy Tom and One Mic. I'm your host, Tommy Tom, and I have a very special guest today. You've probably met his one of his three other partners in crime in the Four Horsemen, or just Horsemen, you know, legal legalities, I believe, owns the Horsemen. But uh, I got for me, with me today Mr. Forever Fresh. I won't give his government name. This might Somebody might be listening to this. <laughs> So we're just gonna nah, I'm good. I'm good, Tommy. I ain't got. I ain't had nobody right. ever warrant. Hey, his name. We're gonna only say it once. It's gonna be fresh for the rest of it. So you know, IRS, if you're looking for him, Doug Hammond. <laughs> Doug Hammond, forever fresh. How you doing, man? What's good, Tommy? What's good, bro? It's good. Um, I'm doing good, man. Just trying to get through COVID. You know, mm-hmm. just taking it one day at a time. Yeah, that is, <laughs> that is the way. I believe everybody's dealing with that. Just going through. Facts, man. Yeah. I believe uh, the last show you did for me, I believe uh, our boy uh, Cause told me uh, you got your job back and whatnot. So there, that was, that's good. Yeah. I mean, I was like, I ain't going to even lie to you. Like I was at home, I was getting paid to stay at home. And then they made me go back to work. And then I was like kind of pissed off about that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I'm back in the flow of things now. I think, I, I think everybody was a little, I know like plenty of people, actually quit their jobs just to collect unemployment because they were getting paid more doing that and stuff. <laughs> Word. And that's crazy. They cut, they cut that that uh, unemployment and they're like, oh, fuck, what am I doing now? Yeah, right? Like, uh, <laughs> I worked straight through over at ShopRite just because, you know, I'm an essential worker. I don't get the right. vaccine, you know, any sooner, but, you know, I understand. <laughs> I understand. There's levels to essential workers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess the doctor is better than the guy that stocks the toilet paper for you guys. You know, yeah, you right. Go a little crazy for it. Uh, it's crazy, man. I can't believe how things went down with everything. Like you, the world is a crazy place, man. The things they value, the things they don't. It's just a wild place right now. I can't wait for this to all be over. That's for sure. Oh. I just, miss, I miss doing shows, man. I miss doing shows. Mm-hmm. And I was glad to get you guys out there for the shows I was able to put on during the summer and all that. Oh, that was, definitely good times too. I, I thank you for having us out there. It's definitely getting involved with like meeting a new crowd of people. Like, and everybody out there is show mad love. They all cool. So like, it was definitely a good time out there. Mm-hmm. At old Frank's, I love it. <laughs> yeah, that was the that was the whole idea. Like, I do the shows. I think some like. People who don't know me are like, oh, yeah, this would be a great branding for yourself. I was like, this is more networking and giving other people opportunity. Because I know as an entertainer that not being able to get on stage and all that, you start getting, you know, I start getting a little antsy, angry. I think I have a 
the episode that's going to come out before you, I have an interview with uh, that comic, Preston, uh, okay. did both the Oblivious Races and all that. And he yep. was like, uh, and I think he put it, he put it pretty great. He was like, yeah, you know, I do this, you know, to like keep my stress down. It's like, when I'm not able to do it, my kids are like, you know, you should probably go do that. You're kind of an asshole right now. Like, <laughs> that really is. It's like, if they had cam, if the cameras at ShopRite actually had audio to hear all the stuff I say to my coworkers, I would have been fired in hashtag years ago. Years ago. <laughs> like when I know people, because you know, if you work at like a general job, it's kind of high school where everybody's hooking up with each other or something. Mm-hmm. And so you know when somebody's getting laid or something because they're, they're just a different attitude. Yeah. And whenever I did, I was like, oh, you're getting that pee-pee touch, aren't you, bro? Yeah, right. you you glowing today. Something going on. <laughs> Something's happening here. I see, what you, I see what you're doing, buddy. Good for you. Good for you. But Fresh, oh. I'm glad to have you here. You know, you uh, believe, what was it? The Oblivious Racist was July, I want to say? July or August? July. August. It was August. August. Back in August. Uh, you know, I had known Cause for a while. Told me uh, about performing. I suggested the idea of him coming out to perform for a show. And I said, yeah, you can bring the horseman, whoever you want. And uh guy who took the call was uh, you. You decided to come out to Bumblefuck, New York. <laughs> uh, where are you? And you're in New Hampshire or? Yeah, I'm currently in New Hampshire. Yeah. I spent a lot of time in Vermont, but now, like, I was back and forth between Vermont and New Hampshire for, like, the last couple of years, but now I'm back in New Hampshire. Mm. Yeah, and you came down. Uh, it was uh, definitely, you came down for my Oblivious Races special, which I'm still editing together. I had to pause it because, uh, while I got the main footage, I want other footage from some clubs. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of happy that some indoor dining is opening up in the city. So. That gives so now some of the clubs are doing little little shows and whatnot, so I'll be able to go nice. there. Because you know, there's tricks. You just nice. give somebody some popcorn at their table. There, they're there for a meal. Yeah, right. Oh, there's a stage and the mic. Oh my god, <laughs> I don't know. And it just is. so happens. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and you know, they're bringer shows. You know, you bring uh, you know, one or two friends with you, and there you go. There's the show. You know, a lot right. of people, I'll do whatever. You know, I just want. Be back in front of that mic. Yeah. I need an to talk to and figure some stuff out because I'm already working on the second one besides that, which I'll call Burning Burning Bridges, which is my more more fierce one. Because you, you saw the Oblivious Races. Oblivious Races was more kind of like that family politics kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. This was like friends and family, but I like some people are going to be real pissed at me for some of the right. shit. Okay. Oh, you're going to be making some family members mad on this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or just people yeah. in general. <laughs> a lot of people. A lot of friends and family. You know, I've kind of gone dark for a little bit because I know I'm writing this. And I know oh. probably at uh, our show in uh, July, I'm probably going to be throwing some material there because we'll probably have some cameras and shit there. Which I still haven't gotten the footage from the Oblivious Races for you guys. I've hit the guy up. But he's he's going through his own things, so okay, really pushing. But I mean, that yeah. was a night anyway, just the rain and all that. But yeah, that was a good ass time though. Even though performing in the rain, that shit felt good though. I ain't even gonna hold you. Like I never did that before. It felt good. <laughs> it, was, it was it's a different like feel and whatnot. 
and it wasn't like and then at least it wasn't like hard rain it was almost like kind of like yeah. a drizzle that it was like all right can still operate with this yeah it was light and ain't nobody leave so it was good to go you know everybody still stayed and got wet with us so it was cool yeah it's just uh just the vibe i think uh everybody just wants to get out you know right. uh, that's why i'm hoping this show in july uh really pops and all that so we can start doing more stuff you know uh my whole plan i'm sure as an artist you have your like five-year plans and stuff like that you know just kind of like little goals you got to set for yourself i'm entering five years in comedy so i already had my goals when i first started mm -hmm. where i wanted to be and at least where i wanted to go you know it's all about the baby steps i think a lot yeah. of people want to sprint to that finish line that they have this and it's like no no there's steps before that take a breath Take a breath with me right now. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because I was just approaching that five year that five year spot too, and then um COVID hit, so that kind of like a little bump right. in the road. But but you know, still had to get through it, so can't just negate that. Yeah, it was still there, but um, it kind of helped. Can't even lie. Not to say it, a lot of bad came from it. You know, I've seen some family members get it, come through it. So I ain't gonna say I lost too many from it, but um, just that time I got to be home. You know, they gave me time to like make my album and just get a lot of music out. And just like, you know, collect myself again. My, like a lot of people was like, oh, I, I didn't need this much time alone. I feel like I'd be on the go so much doing music and stuff that I actually did need that little bit of time to just sit back and breathe. <laughs> yeah, it's, the, it's the regrouping. I think for a lot of people, and it's something I stress, you know, I, I had to go through rehab and all that when I got my DWI and shit mm. like that. And one of the things I've always stressed when people, anybody's come to me for advice to deal with depression or something, I'm always like, just find something to do. You know, like you, a lot of people, when they're like complaining stuff, it's like, so what are you doing? You're just sitting at home, not trying to activate your brain and actually do something positive. So you can't expect anything from that. Mm -hmm. A lot mm -hmm. of people expect like all these things to just fall in there. It's like, uh, I think when I was trying to start this podcast, I was I was trying to do like a solo thing. And I might just do that as like rants or something. But like the first one I was like doing was just talking about how a lot of people, like some people just need to admit that you're an asshole. You just need to admit that you're an asshole, accept that and then move on. Cause a lot of people, they're just like, I'm such a good person. And then they start explaining why they deserve these better things and or, or these bad things can happen to them. And I'm always saying it, it's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, no good person has ever had to tell other people they're a good person. It's like a contradiction. True. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and, you know, a lot of people are like, 2020 was the worst year ever. I'm like, I'm pretty sure there's worse years. This one, it sucks. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, it's either swim or sink for a lot of people, especially in this entertainment business. You know, I know plenty of uh, comics that just like, they let the pandemic beat them. They didn't really try and do anything else and all that. And I'm sure same thing in music. You've yeah, no, tons of artists that gave up. You know, they just lost the ability to make music and go out and get it done. Like if they didn't have their own home setup and stuff. So like a lot of artists kind of just like fell back and became victims. Of, like you said, victims of COVID, man. Like they haven't put out no music. They kind of really like gave up and was waiting for everything to get back to the old, but they don't even see that it ain't going to be no old anymore. It's going to be a uh, new. So whatever, they got to be prepared to, you know, keep up with the wave when doors do open and we're able to do, you know, shows however, how, you know, have a bigger crowd or how many shows in between, you know, it's tough. It's just tough right now. 
because we don't know when we they keep telling us it might been be now might be then so we really don't know exactly when doors are going to be open for like max capacity who knows who knows and even if things will actually be the same or something like yeah. it's different like i hear florida florida hasn't changed at all that's a, that's the wild you know and it's like weird it's weird how you see like the shift or something like all these like florida and like some of these states they're just viewed as crazy they didn't care and all that and then like new york and other ones they're like all right they're trying to lock down and all that and now it's kind of taking that shift it's like damn fuck i want to go to florida right now I do <laughs> no i do too <laughs> that taste I, it's like i don't care i'll take it i'll get the. i'll get the covid i've locked me down for a few weeks or something i just i just want that feeling of normally normalcy or whatnot just Word. i'll keep my mask on 24 7 i just want to get i want i want some warm weather bro i'm tired of this up north cold right now and then covid <laughs> it feel like it's just been cold ever since covid started like because you've been in the crib like you can't really do nothing <laughs> oh yeah oh, so, like when they first started doing the lockdown i was planning a trip to go to denver and whatnot because i wanted to check out some clubs out there too and stuff like that and i was like right in march or whatnot so it's just like oh fuck. <laughs> and you just start seeing the lockdowns and then there's like restrictions on like travel and whatnot that is like oh you might have to quarantine for these days and whatnot yeah uh, now you know that's when you just pack up the car and hit the get on a road trip that's when you take a big road trip you know can't nobody stop you you just stay in your car you know you're safe <laughs> yeah but not, you know, uh, was in March, I was going to do a roast on me and just have all my friends and family come up and roast me and whatnot. So the big thing that, like, I had a show right there at the end of March for my 32nd birthday. And the big, one of the big headliners would have been my parents, but they're down oh. in Georgia. So there's that uh, and whatnot. That but would be dope, be able bro. to actually meet them uh, come July because they'll probably be coming for that. Oh, that'd be dope, bro. To have your parents roast you, though? Like, who else know you better? That's lit right there. Yeah. The funny thing about that roast is that, like, everyone that, like, hit me up, like, I put out, like, a call. I was like, if, like to all my friends and all that. I was like, all right, if anybody wants to roast me, let me know. Put you on or something. The only people that, like, fucking hit me up were, like, all females. It was all females <laughs> in my life. Like, no. It's like, two of them I've slept with. One of them, everyone assumes I'm eventually going to sleep with. And then my mom. So it's just like, oh man, that's like, tough. Oh. And then, like, all my guy friends, when I was like, hey man, you want to roast me? Their exact response, and I quote, was, the fuck I'm going to do that? No, no, fuck no. They're not going to do that. And that's probably because my guy friends know me better. They're like, no, this is a setup. This is a setup. You're going to fucking rip us apart. I know mm -hmm. you're, Tom, I'm not going to play. Yeah, because you're gonna get your you're gonna get your moment for redemption. So you're just gonna give it back to them like oh, they ain't gonna be able to handle that. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing that though. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably reschedule that at some point. I'm just gonna do sets uh come July and whatnot. Like I think by now I probably will have announced it when I put this out in uh two weeks, but we do have a show uh come July. Uh myself with Big Wayne is uh partners in the infamous squirrel, Anthony and Joe. And uh, I will be headlining comedy Friday, and then I will be acting as the host for Saturday night, in which we will most definitely be having the horsemen headline that night. So it's kind of funny that, like, for these first couple episodes, 
it seems like I've interviewed everybody that is go people that are just going to be on that show alone and all that. Okay. Jesse, I've interviewed Wayne and uh, Preston, you know, so, you know, I believe you're going to be episode five. I believe you're going to be episode five. Okay. Okay. But those will be fun. And it's all about getting out there. But I do want to talk on the Forever Fresh brand. You do have an album out, Dougie. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I just I just dropped Dougie um September that just passed. Uh that was my debut album. Um before that, you know, I made a series of mixtapes called Groundwork that led up to that. So it's kinda like me getting my feet under me and um knowing who I was as an artist and you know, getting my own flow, my own style, like just you know, finding myself in those years. And then I dropped Dougie in September. So, you know, that was like a blessing, man. I feel like that album got so much love and um it's really been it, it really changed things after I dropped the album. Like I started getting a lot more attention and things started like really picking up. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, I enjoyed it. I definitely hit you up after I got it and that wasn't uh, to kiss your ass or anything. I believe I, I specifically pointed out hard to, was it hard on me? Hard for me. Yep. Hard for me. And uh, I was like, that one's going to be the banger. That's the one everyone's going to be noticing and whatnot, of course. And then I uh, like, but my personal one was something different. Uh, right. That was my that was my personal favorite, which I have asked you if I could use that for the Oblivious Racist because I thought mm-hmm. that was like it would be a perfect fit for uh, that when I actually put that out. And uh, I call that is like an old school album because you have like the non music intro uh, with you guys all the horsemen playing basketball and all that, so it gives you yeah. that like that '90s hip hop kind of thing of how they always had like kind of like little skits. Uh, for the album and stuff like that. So I, I greatly appreciated that. Oh, yes. Thank you. You know, I had to, I felt like I'm such an old old school type rapper myself. You know, I, I'm, I was born in the 80s. So, you know, growing up in New York, I was just so stuck on that 90s style of music. So like, that's still embedded in me as far as the artist I am. So like, it's in me. And, you know, I played basketball my whole childhood coming up. So like, I, I played ball overseas and everything. And um, after I got hurt is when I really started, like, because I played in Germany and then I messed up my ankle. So after that point is when I was like, you know what? I'm going to just start picking up the pen and seeing what I could do with this and start taking it serious. And then I just wanted to incorporate that into the music too. So like, it felt good to put an intro with like an actual basketball game in the beginning. So like, it really felt like people that know me can connect. They're like, oh yeah, that's, that's fresh right there for real. <laughs> that's, that's the style. No. Yeah, but I, that's I, love like... too. And that's love. Appreciate that for the, um, the something different on the, on the Oblivious Races because yeah, I mean like when you hit me and told me, I was like, yeah, like I knew that you listened to the album and like, you really knew like, that song, I know why that song fit, and it fit the Oblivious Races. So I was like, yo, that's perfect to know that you really took time to listen. So I appreciate you for that, too. Oh, yeah. I put it on while I was uh, fucking stocking uh, toilet paper. and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, all right, I'm working with this guy. I want to hear stuff. And I do the same thing with uh, Cause and anybody that I work it with, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it was it Wayne, Wayne was like, oh, you're stocking. I was like, I need to know who I'm working with. So I do a deep dive on you know, Facebook, all the social media and stuff just to see what somebody's about and whatnot. So that Absolutely. when I do get these interview chances and I get to talk to them, it's not like I'm uninformed as to who you are. You know, I may not know everything, but I get a, I want a sense of who I'm working with and stuff like that. I think that's a, an important thing to have. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, at least you, you get to know what you're dealing with when beforehand. So that was cool too. Cause like, I remember when we first met, I'll never forget it because there's a bottle of Hennessy involved and everything like that. <laughs> it was just like, it's a great, 
After that, I was like, yo, I love this guy. Tommy, you are the man. And then ever since then, it's been nothing but good times. That's for sure. <laughs> so I'll, I'll tell the audience that. So <laughs> when I talked to Cause about uh, doing his show, he's like, yeah, man, just give me a bottle of Hennessy and all that and do that. And anybody that knows me, I may have a tan, but, you know, I'm adopted. My parent, my dad, I made the joke in there. It's like, my dad's white. My mom's fucking a gringa. Uh, she's Colombian, but she's paler than my dad. So, you know, I, it was interesting going into the liquor store. I was like, I'm actually buying a bottle of Hennessy right now. <laughs> like, because I was like, all right, Joe said it, cause said it as a joke, but I'm going to actually do it just to get a pop there. It was like, shit, this is like the blackest thing I've ever done in my life. I'm buying a bottle of Hennessy at the liquor store. Shit. <laughs> like I might get my black card back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I didn't know. You had it in my eyes from when the first second I met you. <laughs> yeah. Nah, that was love. That was a wild night, though, man. That was definitely a good night. Oh, I, I, I'm glad it worked out the way it did for that. I like that yeah. for my main footage. And you know, like, audience came and went. But I like how it like ended up in the end of the night and stuff. You know, I like those more intimate shows and stuff like nice. that. It's probably why I like uh, I enjoyed doing the clubs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I've done theaters. Uh, the show in July, I'll be doing a theater. You don't have as much, so it's a different style. It's like uh, you can't. It's not as much interaction so much with the crowd. I'll be talking to them, of course, and all that. But like, you can't see the whole seen as much as uh probably in a smaller atmosphere the intimacy yeah that looked like it's gonna be a real nice venue too that's a nice looking venue that it is oh yeah yeah it will and uh you know uh you guys did my oblivious races show uh which i greatly appreciated and i know you were giving those physical copies of dougie out there i still got oh, mine. No. got mine <laughs> i gotta figure out it's weird the new uh max or whatnot it's got like the button to like eject for a CD. And I just kept looking at it. I was like, where the fuck is the CD insert here? <laughs> I don't have it. There's nothing. So what's this button for? It's just a power button now. It's Nope, it's on the side. Yeah, I'll get it. I'll figure it out. At some point. I'm still getting the technology thing and all that. I just yeah. push for it. Like I said, you know, pandemic, you got to keep doing stuff just keep on evolving and figuring out new stuff and all that facts like i had to learn how to record my own music like during this like i got my own setup now so i'm able to record my i can't mix or nothing so i mean i gotta send out my stems and things to get them mixed down but um i'm learning a lot with that as well like i was forced to do it because otherwise i couldn't get to somebody's house to record all the time so i had to figure a way to at least try to get something done so i had to learn some things and I don't know how to do it. So trust me, if I had to mix my own music, it would, it would sound horrible, bro. I can't do it. <laughs> That's probably why I use uh, Buzzsprout. Shout out to Buzzsprout, which uh, I hope you're listening to this on. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I can do my own edits with that because I went to college for, I went to college for writing and I ended up just going into communications. Mm. And so I have, I have all my Macs and I know how to cut the audio and stuff like that. And just make it tighter and shit like that. Buzzsprout gives me like, uh, it does another mix down for me. So as soon as oh, I nice. load it on there and then they just give me like pretty much the best quality that I can get with my stuff. I'll upgrade. I'll upgrade as I move on with stuff. 
That's right. All right. Now I'm just like loading up on money because I need to change location and all this stuff. I need more room for my toys. I (laughs) see that back then. Yeah. I'm a a child. I got Legos. I got Connects. I got an entire dresser drawer just filled with action figures and stuff. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I still got, I, I still collect cards, like sports collectibles. Like, I still collect them because I know it's still going to have a value in the future. So I got a books and books of like basketball, football cards, all types of stuff. <laughs> when you released your album on Spotify, like, uh, it's clear that it, uh, I, I, from what I can see, just from your post and all that, it definitely exceeded your expectations and all that. <laughs> yeah, it really did. And honestly, it was all hard for me. Like that one song, it just had such a club vibe. Like that song got picked up by so much um the Spotify algorithm algorithmic play playlist and things like that. So it just started booming. Like I looked at I'm watching the numbers just grow and grow. And I'm like, damn, I can't believe this song that is really about a, a female is the song that's going to catch the most attention. And it was like, wow. So I was like thankful for that. Like honestly, like it was crazy. It was crazy. It was just crazy. I think a lot of people were waiting for my first actual like album because I did so many mixtapes. And I had like a couple like industry features on it. So people were actually kind of anticipating it. They wanted to see what I had. And um, I'm kind of thankful that I ain't let them down. Like I never, I haven't really got like too much bad, too many, too much bad feedback except for like, uh, they wish it was longer. <laughs> yeah. No, no, like I said, uh, hard for me. I, 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 I listened to it. I was like, I right, man, this is the one that's going to appeal to everyone just for like that club dance vibe and whatnot. That's, that's yeah. That's the hook to get them in for all the other stuff. Exactly. Yep. It definitely worked. And like, um, like I said, I was able to get a couple industry features on there too. Like, I got a Reef the Lost Cause, who's a Philly legend, underground legend, and uh, Ren Thomas, who's out of New, uh, out of Jersey. So when I when people saw that I had them on the track list, they was like, that kind of brought more people to want to see, like, oh, he was able to get these people. It made it feel like, um, not to say like an industry artist, but you know how when you get an industry artist, they're gonna have a couple features on there from some people. Like you yeah. don't expect the local, you don't expect the local artists to have like industry names on on their on that project. So like I work my ass off to get these people. Like whether like I met Reef at a show and we just chopped it up and we vibed for a little bit and then like after talking a little bit, we was able to set it up and get the song and then we even did a video for it. So like people knew that that relationship was actually like it wasn't <laughs> just like uh oh he paid him to do this and he did that. Now we actually did a video and the video was done off the love. So. It was it was good times, you know. So I felt like I put a lot into it, and I felt like it, it really felt good. The album felt good, and then to follow up with the Horseman four months later, it's just like I, I, I like I can't even believe it. Like to be honest, like just to keep that much good music coming out consistently, it's like it's crazy, man. I owe it to COVID again. Like this damn COVID. If it wasn't for COVID, we couldn't have got this much music done because we'd all had to work. I mean, I worked through it, but working from home, I get the you know walk from my bed to my to my office and do my job and then go mess around with music after. So, like, I'm really at the house all day. So I have plenty of time to do everything, man. I can't even... And I'm still doing it. So, like... No, I'm little, little like I want it to be over, but I still don't want to go back outside right now. <laughs> just to do shows. Just to do shows. Mm-hmm. No, no, I get it. It's, uh... It lit that fire under your ass just to get it done and all that. And getting those interesting people it gives like a i guess a sense of legitimacy behind your name or whatnot it's like oh oh this this person fucks with you all right let me let me see what you're about and all that and it's like a good intro that's why you it's networking like i was talking about earlier it's being able to work all those connections and stuff 
from shows and whatnot just to kind of build up. Absolutely. But I guess the two main questions I would have for you is where did Forever Fresh come from? Ha. Yo, I'll, honestly. I'll that one. The... Nah, honestly, the my nickname is Fresh. Like, my father's nickname was Fresh, and then he gave me the nickname as a baby. So, like, I kind of took it over, and it was like, I was, he was big fresh, I was little fresh, he wasn't no longer fresh, I was just fresh. So, like, I kind of had this fresh as a kid. I had to live up to this craziness. So then, like, as I got older, like, I played sports. So, like, I, I, I was, I felt like I had, like, an alter ego. Like, the fresh was, like, my childhood me growing up in whoever I was. Then I got into college and stuff. So I was like, I call me Doug. Like, I got tired of people calling me fresh. I'm like, yo, you you my college um, um the president like you call me fresh like damn it you should call me doug i think so like so i went by this like change i'm like i want people to call me doug then i was like fuck it you know what forever fresh because that's who i am it's just who i am i can't try to change that so i used that as my rap name when i decided to um do music i'm like i can't not change i can't make up some name like my name is fresh so like people like oh that's that's too generic even if you want to use it so i'm like all right well forever fresh i'm i'm always gonna be fresh like i can't change it so i just kind of ran with that <laughs> And um, it's been a pain in the ass, really, with Fresh, because that name is, like, so generic. So, like, now I had to throw the forever on it, and it, it kind of fit. It works. Oh, no, I think I, it works. I, I couldn't it's be, like, not, little I mean, this or nothing. I'm too tall. Like, I couldn't make up some name, like, little this. I'm too, I'm a tall guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are. I mean, I, I thought I thought Cos was tall, and then you came. I was like, oh, shit, they grow bigger, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, no, no. And then when I like find out you play basketball, I was like, yeah, I mean, it tracks, it tracks, you know. I all I wanted was like three, four more inches, just reach that like six foot. And I was like, if I was six foot, I probably could have dunked. Not now. Now, after working at ShopRite, I got hooker knees. My knees are all fucking black and blue and shit from going up and down and shit. And you know what? I feel like a whore working there sometimes. So Bro. Oh, tracks. Yo, how you gonna say that? That's yo, that's funny as hell. So I got a hook of these. <laughs> so you know, as, as long as you could clap. If you could touch backboard, I mean, a good clap is as good as a dunk any day, you know? It was a, it's just a dream. It's a dream as a little guy. You want to know this, Fresh, right? It's a dream with a little guy that you just see that hoop all the time, and you're just like, fuck! I'm like, so close. <laughs> I can't do it, though. And it's like, ah, uh, you know, there was that, you know, strike against my black card right there. It's just like, shit. <laughs> Losing it. Nah, bro, that was my pass out, though. Like, I go front. That's my first love is, like, the sports. Like, that's what took me to college. That's what, like, kind of made me see a lot of the things I was able to see was that little orange basketball. Like, no lie. I was good, too, bro. Like, I could dunk. Like, that's the one thing I was good at. I had bounce. But now I'm starting to get them hooking these, too, though. Like, I can still get up a little, but I'm catching up. Yeah. Welcome to my world, you fresh. Welcome to my world. Now you're going <laughs> to be looking at the rim. Word. <laughs> Word. <laughs> and uh, I guess the second main question would also be, uh, I got Cause's intro to the Horseman. What's your What's your story of the Horseman and how that like formed? So it's crazy because um, like it's funny because I knew Sir Soto. I so there's four members in the Horseman. It's me, Just Cause, Circle Bangs, and the Real Flex Forty Five. Now it's funny because I knew Circle Bangs for years about seven eight years now him and uh and flex and um you know everybody's been individual artists doing their own thing here and there everybody's been like all around and then, you know just cause came into the scene about two years ago he made up with chris and like we will all go do shows 
as individual artists. Like we would do a bunch of shows together. So like we always did, we friends. So it came to the point where like, yo, let's let's just do our set together. Like let's just combine our set so we could get a longer set time. So then, you know, we did it one time, rocked the show. And now we like, damn, we might have a little something going on here. So we ended up doing one other big show. I think it was at Magic Mountain. And like, we were all there again. And then we just all got on the stage. And then at that point we knew like we had something. So we just started riding with, we didn't have a name or nothing. We just like, yo, we're a group. We're gonna keep doing this set together and cause the crowds love it. So then we decided to become the Horsemen. And um, one of our buddies was at the house. We was all making music one night and he's not a part of the Horsemen, but he was like, yo, y'all should be the Horsemen. Cause he's like, we don't even know what the hell to call ourselves. Like it's four of us. So then he's like, the four Horsemen was the name at first. And we was like, oh yeah, that's dope. We should rock with it. But then there was another local group up in Vermont that was using that name for like a project or an album or something like that. So we decided not to go with the four horsemen and we just cut the four and went with the horsemen. And um, man, we was doing shows. We've been doing so many shows since and like, it's just been crazy. Like just the feedback from the crowds cause we really do together as a unit, put out some real good music and put on like a good real set. So they haven't even got to see the Horseman's album yet. Like that released just in January. So like we haven't even performed it yet live. Like people haven't heard any of these songs like until the album came out. So now when we're able to put on this show, I feel like, oh man, they don't even know what's in store when we able to the stage. That's why that show in July might be the first one, man. We like Cage Beast right now. We cannot wait to jump all over that stage. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, just like Rocket and whatnot. Yeah. I like. Uh... I think also for like myself, it's always great to find people that have uh, kind of that same drive as you for yeah. like passion for that you have. Like for you, it's music. For me, it's like that was something I was always searching for in comedy. Like, yeah. like I want because you see the groups and all that. You know, Joe Rogan has his crew and like others and stuff like that. That there's like these little groups of people that like all work together help each other out and they make something of it, you know, and maybe not all of them are as big a names or whatnot, but it's like, it's that unity that you're like, all right, cool. I got somebody else who's on the same wavelength as me and trying to make this work. Right, bro. Like even to the point where like, we, we do the music and everything, but we more so like family, like we with each other's kids. We, we do cookouts together. We all get together and just like, if we're not making music, I mean, our goal is to make music, but if we just kicking it or just chilling, like, like family, like that's how we kind of, kind of vibe out too that's what kind of makes the music part a little bit easier for us because it's not like we don't we're like you know everybody you know you beef with your family like everybody got problems with their family like the artists will have problems with each other but for the most part we get through everything just like family would as opposed to like any kind of artist that might have any ill will towards each other so it's kind of great to have some people like you said that not only you could work with but you feel like you know that's like your brother on the other end oh yeah it's uh it's not all business you know uh there's actually com- camaraderie God, I hate my fucking tongue. I can't pronounce shit. <laughs> it's that common thing with everybody. That it's just like, all right, cool. You know, if we weren't doing music or something, we still, we still be boys or whatnot. Yeah, we was bro- we was boys before. Like, but like we're gonna be boys at the end, regardless. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to meeting this uh, Circle Bangs just because he came up in Joe's interview too. I was like, all right, so, all right, I'm so I'm slowly getting the full picture of the Horsemen. I get to meet the other two shortly. Maybe I'll set up an interview with them also just to uh, get the full. Oh, we're all individuals. Like, we're unique in our own way. Like, you're like, trust me, when you get us all four in the same place, you're going to be like, yo, these guys are so different. But them together, it's like, it's like Voltron, bro. It's like, um, we just, you know, we combine. Like, we just like, 
it's wild. You're going to see at the show, like, we really like a good group of people, like, between me, Flex, like, the older people in the group, like, we're more level-headed than you got Just Cause and Circle, like, the younger, crazier of the two. So, like, it's 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 a great little unit. Dysfunctional, but great. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with dysfunction, I say that. Thanks. <laughs> but we're going to take a quick little break. When we come back, we're going to get into your other love of sports. And have a little fun with the talks. So we'll be right back after this. What's up, boys and girls? It's your boy, Tommy Tom. And I have some exciting news for each and every one of you. On July 16th and 17th, me and the boys over at Infamous World will be bringing to you the Corona Sunset Festival. That's right, folks. I said festival. We're talking two nights of comedy, music, and above all else, fun. This is probably going to be the very first musical comedy event of this magnitude held in New York since the coronavirus struck. Now I know you've all been stuck in your houses, depressed and lonely during this 2020, especially if you're up here with me in New York. Well, it's time to break free. It's time to have some fun. Of course, things will be socially distanced and following whatever regulations we have at the time. But let's face it, we need that human contact. We need that fun. And what better way than a little comedy and music to lighten the mood and bring on the fun. We, of course, will have plenty of musical guests, including some people you have seen on this podcast, including Just Cause, who does my intro and outro and his boy Forever Fresh, and their group, The Horsemen, the rock band Iron Cobra, my boy Jesse Maurer and his band Static in the Attic coming all the way from PA, Ayana Martin, an amazing solo artist. And we will have comedy from guys such as my boy Preston and myself, and including Big Wayne Kershaw, who will be recording his very first comedy special on this night. Come on, you do not want to miss this. This is his first of its kind, and you have the opportunity to be there when it happens. So, if you want to know more information, I will have a link to this event at the bottom of this podcast where you can get tickets or just check out what this event is all about. Once again, we will follow whatever social distancing rules we have in place. Because, let's face it, we want to be safe. But at the same time, we want to have a little fun. And I know all of you do too. And we're not even breaking your bank. This is $30. You hear that? $30 a night. You can't beat that. And we have deals for hotel rooms and VIP. Because, trust me, when this show is over, we're going to have a VIP party afterwards. And you do not want to miss the insanity that we have planned for that. So, get up, get out of your funk, and let's have some fun together. July 16th, July 17th. Tickets down below. Peace. And we're back. It's Tommy Tom. I'm here with Forever Fresh. And uh, we've been talking a lot about your music and all that. But as I've uh, stated, you do have a second love, as you talked about going to college, playing basketball and all that. You even went to Germany, I believe you you, uh, you stated that. I was fortunate enough to play two years uh, semi-pro pro overseas, yeah. Huh. How was that? How was that, playing out there? 
Yo, honestly, it was a it was a life changing experience, man. Like, cause I'm I'm a kid from Brooklyn, you know. I never thought I'd like get out the city or be able to experience anything like that. So it was a, a complete culture shock, like to get over there and really see like how Germany was and just everything about that place. It, it was great, and just to see how I was able to adapt and like try to learn a couple things so I could order food. Like it it was it was a great experience. I'm not even gonna lie to you. It sucks that I had to get hurt to lose it, but um. Just to say I was able to do that and get paid to play the sport that I loved, you know, it was like, it was an honor, like, to be to be able to go that far with it. Oh, Everybody yeah. can't make the NBA, you know, so, like, just to be able to say I got a couple dollars to go play and I got to see a different country, like, all all, all, all worth it. A blessing and a blessing. You mind if I ask how you uh, got hurt? Oh, yeah, sure thing. So, like, um, it's funny because I got injured. I actually um, broke my ankle, like, pretty bad, like, uh, the funny part about it is I played this kid in a tournament. Like, when I came back home, we played in this big tournament up in Albany, New York. And first time I met this kid, he was, like, a pain in the ass. And then I see him overseas. I run into him in Germany. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm about to get in his skin. And then I came down on his ankle, um, hairline fracture to my ankle. And it was like it would have been better if I broke it. So, like, I tried to heal it for a couple of weeks to come back, came back the next game, and, like, kind of tweaked it again. And it was like, that was that was pretty much it for me. So that was my second season over there not in that same so I played at a different team and I was like close to Berlin so my second season I was a little bit farther up north and um yeah that's when that that uh, injury had happened unfortunately but um it was a pain in the ass though I ain't gonna lie like being going for eight months after year I had just had my daughter so like it was kind of tough to be away and then like that kind of made everything rough back at home but at the end of the day you know I still got to do it so I got to check that off my list like hey I want to make some money off it so like I gotta I was able to check that off um yeah, I miss it, though. I ain't going to even lie, man. I miss playing ball. Like, ever since I got hurt, I never really went back. Like, I just kind of left it, like, ah, in the past is the past. And um, I miss it, though. I ain't going to even lie. I ain't going to lie. You said uh, you don't, like, go around, shoot around or something just for fun or anything? I don't know, bro. Like, they tried to get me to go out in New York. Like, because, I, like I said, I played ball in New York high school. So, like, I was pretty good in the – I was, like, a park legend for, like, dunking, like, as a kid. So, like, I was really good in New York. So I went back home and they wanted me to play in this big tournament, man. It's called Gersh. And like, I'm talking about NBA players be there and stuff like that. I'm washed up. I'm so used to like my rap lifestyle of Hennessy and smoking and not being in shape. And they get me out there on this court, bro. I almost died. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to embarrass myself or like mess up the legacy that I once had. Like, I'm not going to just come like, I was good back then. I'm not going to make myself just look trash now and not make people remember me just for that. Not fresh <laughs> anymore. At <laughs> all. Whew, I'm stale as hell when it comes to the sport. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but, yeah, I still love it, man. I watch it to death. I'm rooting for my Brooklyn Nets right now. I'm a Knicks fan, but I'm rooting for the Nets because they got Harden just now. It's better to watch a team win, you know? I'm a New York fan, die hard. Like, uh, Knicks, Giants. So, as you know, I've seen my team lose a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You definitely have. Oh, man. Jets. Yeah, that on there. I have my uh, friend uh, Tivas. He's a cop in the city, and he's like, he's a Mets and a Jets fan. And I'm just like, this is rough, huh? This is rough for you, huh, brother. And I remember one time we were I'm out. A, I'm no saw, Mets, no Jets, but I'm I'm everything else, like Yankees, every other team, but no Mets, no Jets. I I respect I respect his commitment to it. Like there was one time we were out. I think it was prior to my boy Dave's wedding, and. The Mets are up by like seven points or something. And he just make a cut. They'll fuck it up. They'll fuck it up or something. And then like 
over the course of the night, we just start seeing that lead get smaller and smaller until, yeah, they ended up losing the game. He's like, <laughs> you just know, you just know, especially being a fan of one of those teams, you just know they're going to lose. <laughs> I mean, I was a Nets fan back with the Jason Kidd, Vince Carter days and all that. Just Jason Kidd used to be like my favorite. I like Jason Kidd because, you know, you know, he wasn't dunking as much. Uh, he was he was the assist guy, defense, could pop up a couple shots. He was just like, all right. And I was like, that was usually my role when I played basketball. I wasn't the one going up for the flashy plays and all that, but, I, you know, do the court leader thing. What yeah, J.K. was good to watch, though. I mean, some of them times he dropped, and, like, that Nets team was – they was solid back then. He was, like, the guy that, like, made triple-double a thing in my mind. Mm-hmm. But it was like, oh, this dude's rebounding, he's assisting, he's getting his points and all that. It's like, all right, cool. It's like, oh, that's that was like maybe for me the first time, like when I really got into like watching sports and all that. I was like, oh, there's this thing called this triple double. Oh, that's what that is. Okay, cool. The that guy's out there doing everything. Yeah. He was solid. Yeah, that was that was that was one of my dudes there. But I didn't see uh Believe it or not, though, my first love was football. Like, I tried to play football first, bro, and um, I ended up making this football team in Philadelphia. First game, I, I went for, like, a cut across, jumped up to catch the pass, took my legs out, knocked the damn wind out of me, bro. I said, yo, I'm, I'm going to play something different. After that, I, I went to basketball. <laughs> I was actually going to bring up the football thing because I was like, you're a New York fan. But I see you giving a lot of love to the GOAT, Tom Brady, uh, for this past Super Bowl. <laughs> hey, I'm not, not, I'm not knocking Tom. He never did me no harm. I'm a Giants fan, you know what I'm saying? So I have nothing bad to say about Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, that's true. As a Giants fan, it's like, it's kind of petty now. It's petty and, now to hate him. Honestly, I do live, I lived in New England for the longest, so, like, that's all you hear. And, like, being from New York and up here, it's like, Tom Brady never lost. Like, you know, and, unless he played the Giants. So, I, again, I was not upset with Tom Brady. And I'm happy he won, man. It kind of like laid his legacy where I really can call that man a GOAT. Like, he's a GOAT. Like, he has more Super Bowls than any NFL franchise. Yeah. He's a... You got to respect it. You got to respect the play and whatnot. That's just... And I know he got... He got crunks this week and celebrating and all that. You seen those social media vids? I saw, I saw a little bit of sound when it's like he's almost drunk and almost dropped the trophy. <laughs> he chucked it across the boat to another boat. Uh, I think it was uh, the backup tight end, uh, Karen Bray. He's the one that actually caught it and whatnot. I did not see that. Yeah, he's just sitting there. He just kind of gets with the two hands and just kind of flings it across to another boat and whatnot. And then there's video of him clearly wasted being uh, walked by uh, – Somebody's helping him walk. And he just hey, got this he, drunk look on his face. Just like he deserves it. He oh, deserves great, it. I think he had a great post or something about it. He's like, nothing to see here. <laughs> like <laughs> after all the stuff and all the sports people are like talking about it and all that. It's like a top story on like ESPN. It was like Tom Brady throws the Lombardi across boats to another boat. Yeah, that's <laughs> nuts. Well, hey, listen, that's if I would trust if there was anybody I would trust doing something like that, it would be Tom Brady. Got him, and you can see he, after he does it, it's like, oh no, my dude is hammered. This is because he's just like laughing. He's like, oh shit, I did it. It's I gotta see video. this. I gotta see that. <laughs> great video and whatnot. He's just having fun. It's like, and I love some. I, I forget who says somebody's like, 
you know what? If Gronk did that, we'd all expect it and all that. It's just like this is Tom Brady breaking. He's breaking that New England like facade, I guess you could almost say. He's like, nah, man. Now I'm having fun. Now I'm yeah, just yeah. He's wild boy Tom. He's in Florida now. I'm loving it. I'm well. I'm loving it right now. Until next season, you got to cut all that out because you know the Giants will be back in it. So I'm rooting for my blue. I'm a 49ers fan, so you know I'm uh, trying to figure out what the hell we're actually doing. And like they keep teasing me. It was like, oh, oh well, let like Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, he he could be coming. What? I don't care. Get rid of Garoppolo. Get rid of porn star Jimmy. I don't. I mean, I, I respect the man. I respect the man. I don't think you should get hate for railing on, uh, nailing uh, porn stars. But I mean, I could get Deshaun Watson. I would take that would be a good pickup though. Wherever he goes, that's going to shake up some things. Like I'm waiting to see where he actually goes. Oh yeah. And they talking about Dak too, right? And they talking about Dak supposed to be going somewhere. Yeah, I think that's what yeah. Cowboys fucking up, but you know what? I don't care. I that's that's the only football team I actually don't like is the Cowboys because, you know, yeah, I was born in the late '80s, but I grew up in the '90s, and my 49ers love comes because I was I was raised Mormon, and the only Mormon athlete worth anything was fucking Steve Smith. I mean Steve Young. Steve Young was Mormon. Yeah. Wow. And you know, that was the first real running quarterback. Yeah, like, Steve Young was Vince amazing. McNabb came in. Steve Young had all the, like, records for, like, rushing yards and, like, games and stuff for, like, a quarterback and all that. I was like, all right, cool. It was like, everybody's like, yeah, Montana. I was like, I'm yeah. kind of a young guy myself, you know, just too many concussions and all that. Jerry Rice, my man and shit, you know, that was my I, team. I liked them back then with Joe Montana and Jerry, like, Fred Taylor, that was the days. Like, I remember, like, I was an old-school football fan. Like, those, like, the 49ers and the Eagles, like, the Giants back then, everybody had squads. Things oh, changed, yeah. though. You know, uh, and I have, like, a little love for the Buffalo Bills because I went to school upstate New York. So it was a battle between Bills and uh, New York fans. But I was also in college, like, when the Giants beat the Patriots that one, and we had this one Patriots fan. I had no stakes in the game, but all the other ones are Giants fans. And, oh, man, they just – they kept roasting this guy that, like, undefeated season. And when the Giants won, oh, it's crazy. He's like – he just, like, <laughs> like walked out of the room. He's like, you guys are a little too aggressive right now, okay? Bro, cool. I know. Like, think about it. I was a Giants fan in New England when that happened. Oh, my goodness. Like, I know what it's like to be in Boston and not be able to wear your Yankees hat. Now, imagine being a proud – you just won the Super Bowl. My team won in you in New England. Oh, man. At a, at a bar? With a bunch of angry Bostonians, and you're just like, I'm just going to slowly walk out of here because I know I ain't getting fat today. You know how it is. They see you wearing some uh, sports memorabilia or any kind of merch from a team. They're going to come say something about it, especially in Boston or anywhere out here. They're not going to let you wear a Yankees hat like, I'll take that off or something. They, whether it's a joke or not, they're going to say something about it. <laughs> they're just going to take the hat. What the fuck is that? What were yeah. you wearing? What are you wearing? What's that? Are you Yankee? You a Yankee? <laughs> yeah, there ain't no fucking Yankees out here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just like that, too, bro. It's crazy. That's why I get happy when, like, Tom Brady wins or something, because then, you know, everybody around you going to be happy. It's like everybody's cheery and shit. We're happier. <laughs> oh, or, man. I, I, uh, 
sports was always the same. We never had a football team in my high school. They got that. They just now got it at the high school and whatnot. I was like, oh, if I would have known that, I probably would have done that. I probably would have been like a cornerback or something because I, I was always defense was my thing or free safety. That was that was my thing. You know, I'm not the biggest guy. Quick. And it's like, all right, cool. I can get some hits. And then I have like the the little man strength, I guess you call it. Like the little guy that's like, I wouldn't expect you to be that strong. It's like, yeah. I got it's it. Rage. Just rage. <laughs> rage. Because some people have said dunk at least five times during this interview after I said I can't dunk. I almost feel like it's a little dick fresh. I thought we were cool. Uh, but you got to throw that in my face. <laughs> my bad, my bad, my bad. My bad. <laughs> I'm just sitting here every day. He's like, yeah, man, you know, I was like the best doker and all that. I'm just like, that's another one. That's another one. Okay. You know, just keep I have to let the people that's listening know, you know what I'm saying? I have to let them know. <laughs> Fair enough, you know, like I said, three, three, four more inches, different story. All right. <laughs> that's what she said. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't help it. It was too easy. I was like, <laughs> I know that somebody out there is going to listen to this and think that. So I was like, I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to cut you off. I get it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you at? All right. You know what? I think we've gone pretty long. You uh, you have fun with this interview, I hope? Absolutely. Yeah, bro. Definitely good times. That's for sure. Good times. Uh, you know, I definitely have some plans. You know, probably after I hit end and record, I'll give you some... Uh, Insighted some plans for this show in July and all that. Uh, like I said, it's uh, been great uh, talking to you, getting a little more insight on Forever Fresh. You know, we probably met like twice, you know, for the two shows that I got you guys for. And then, uh, you know, just been messaging here and there and whatnot. So it's good to get a little more insight into the man behind the fresh. I, you know, I don't know. If you want to co- I'm going to copyright that for myself. I'll use that. <laughs> I'll lend it out. I'll lend it out if you ever want to use I'll that. I'll borrow that for sure. <laughs> but uh, tell the people where they can find your stuff, uh, any social media you want to plug and all that. Uh, go ahead. Absolutely. So right now you can find my latest album, Dougie. That's on every streaming platform, um, Spotify, Amazon, um, Apple Music. Anywhere you can stream music, you can find that. That's under, the artist's name is Fresh. The title of that is Dougie. Um, you'll find it everywhere. It's like a, uh, if you can see a picture right now, it's kind of the shirt I'm wearing. It's the guy pointing up with a basketball jersey on. So if you see that, um, um, you can find The Horseman as well. That's my group. Um, that's also streaming everywhere. You can find that um, self-titled The Horseman. Uh, that's where our album is. That just came out in January. Um, as far as me on social media, you can follow me on every platform at Fresh 718 That's Instagram, Twitter. Um, what else do people use? Uh, you know, those are two big ones. I don't know. You got a Twitch or a, uh, a Snapchat you want to plug? I don't even do that stuff. But uh, Forever Fresh 718 on Instagram, Twitter. Oh, and my YouTube page as well. So I have a bunch of videos on there. So uh, Forever Fresh on YouTube, you can see my videos. Um, like we said earlier, Doug Hammond is my Facebook page. I do a lot of stuff through there. So if you want to get more personal and really get in depth with me, y'all can follow me there as well. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Like I said, with the music and things. What color is your hair? Oh, uh, it's red right now. It's red now? I'm trying to yeah. think. I can't remember what color. Was it red last time? It was like purple, green, red. Yeah. La- uh, I think That's for the oblivious race and whatnot. Yeah. I always change my hair color whenever I'm doing This is my midlife crisis, okay? You know, uh, while other people are dunking, I'm dyeing my hair, you know? Uh, that's just how it works and all that. 
Don't so get guys, see, my, I'm me. losing my hair, bro. I'm looking at yours and I'm jealous. Don't get it twisted. I'm balding over here, bro. That's that midlife crisis. <laughs> that is. That is. Shit. But guys, we will. I'll get the links from you later. But I will have links to a bunch of fresher stuff in the description of this video that you guys can click, check out his stuff and all that, and the horseman. And of course, if you want to follow me, I am at the Tommy Tom eighty eight on Twitter, uh, Tommy Tom P eighty eight on Instagram. Uh, you'll have a link. Well, pretty much if you're listening to this, you've already found the link to uh, the podcast and all that. But I'm on Buzzsprout and Podbean. Uh, probably by the 10th episode, I will be moving over to iTunes and other stuff. And, uh, you know, you guys can also check out my YouTube and all that. You can probably find me on Tommy Tom. Just put in Tommy Tom comedy or whatnot. Uh, maybe the stand or something. You might find something on there. That I'll be growing as well. But Fresh, once again, thank you for uh, coming on here, talking to thank me. Thank you for having me, bro. Thank you for having and, me, for sure. Yep. And thank you to everybody who has listened. This is Tommy Tom, and we will... See you next time. I'm Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Flip personality, you know it's I. You never see my kind. Never seen a fucking sliver or a slice. I'm the butcher choice. Cuts know I'm nice. You got beef? I got waggle with a knife. Now I'm gonna be wrapping up bodies up at night. Like Ray Charles. Y'all know I'm out of sight. Now I'm gonna be slaying niggas cause you know I love the life. Yo, you gotta read between the lines I'm only gonna be moving when I'm read through all the signs Johnny Mnemonic, I got an upgrade in mind This is for the rebels and their revolutionary minds Cybernetic linguistics, you know I'm on my mind Prototype the new dimension, man, that shit is mine Future is creation and creation is sublime Make your own legend, only happens with time